You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase Crawshaw with me as always. Chase, how you feeling on this lovely Tuesday afternoon? For the most part, you know, pretty solid, disappointing game last night. But when I look out my window while I'm recording, I just see about 30 more feet of snow than we had yesterday. And I'm a big snow guy, so it's a cool sight. I just I talk about it all the time. I love looking at my window and seeing it. And I see literally zero green anywhere. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. And, yeah, we had uh, quite the big storm. I think the whole country really had quite the big storm, except for, you know, some of the southern states. Because I saw that even down in, like, uh, I think it was one of the Carolinas, they got a bunch of snow. And they didn't know how to, like, get ice off of their car, which Dude, did that's you see new. Te- did you see Texas? No. Texas was getting down to, like, 10 degrees. Damn. Yeah, like the like it got to the point where they just shut off like the I don't know where in what city, but like they just shut off the power. Like the the, the city did because so many people were trying to heat it up and they tried turning it back on and everything just failed. So there were people without power, without heat and stuff. It, it's just a nightmare. Pipes are bursting because the houses aren't insulated like like they are in colder states. Just absolute shit show. <laughs> that is tough, but uh hey, that's uh that proves them wrong for not having to endure what we've had to endure, you know, our, our whole lives basically up here in the northern states. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, here in East Lansing, there's probably about a, a foot, maybe maybe up to 15, 16 inches of snow. Uh, it's pretty wild, but uh, the, the roads look pretty clear. Uh, the sidewalks are perfectly clear, just the... Uh, the patches of where grass should be are piled up with snow. But, um, yeah, I'm doing good, and I'm excited to do a new Bolts broadcast episode. We're also doing a WNP Sports Pod episode after this, uh, and it's just going to be a great day. But, Chase, on tap for today, we're going to be talking about some movement within our Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, kind of just like the roster moves that are happening right now with our Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, then we're going to be doing a look back on last night's game between Florida, 
in Tampa. And then we're also going to be taking a look at Alexander Volkov and kind of talking about what he could be for this team as a prospect, as a player, and as a future, hopefully, future every night starter for us. Um, and then a commercial break. Then we're going to be talking about some other stuff that's going around the NHL. But first, we'll talk about some of those roster moves, Chase. We talked about our captain, Steven Stamkos, being on the COVID list. He's no longer there. Yeah, lasted a whole two days. Got put on Friday, got removed on Sunday. Uh, you know, pretty much, you know, we finished recording. Oh, look, he's off the list. Teach you how, how it works for stuff we do. Um, but yeah, so everyone should already know this by now. I was a Lightning fan. He's off the list. Uh, good stuff. He ended up playing in the game last night. So good to see that it's nothing long term. Um, you know, if if it was really without him and Sorelli for a decent amount of time, you know, Sorelli got hurt in the last game, then we'd have some issues. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't that how it always goes with us? You know, we put out some news or something, and then the very next uh, hour or so, once we're getting the episode all finished and uploaded, then it's like, oh, just kidding. You are completely wrong about that. Or like a big trade happens. Something always happens that ruins our show. Maybe that's on us for doing a little bit early, but I mean... We've got work and school and all that, so it's hard to juggle everything. So when we get the time, we got to do it. Um, so it's just unfortunate how that always seems to happen. That it definitely is. Like it, it seriously, whether it's this or WNP, it doesn't matter whether it's hockey or football, whatever the hell we're talking about that day and whatever show, there's something happens the second we're done. Absolutely. But Chase, you talked about Anthony Sorelli and how he was out. Well, Still no Anthony Sorelli. Um, not too sure on the timeline, but uh, we don't have him still. Yeah, so hopefully, um, like I'm not sure on the timeline either. I haven't like seen really anything. I haven't like even looked like very heavily into it. Um, I'm assuming it's week to week. I, th- I think is what I heard last. So I'm gonna assume it's still kind of same. I can't imagine anything changed too much the last couple of days. So without Sorelli, you know, we talk about it, a big player, uh, someone, you know, he, he has a very specific role. He's one of those very underrated defensive players who still has an offense, not a guy you very easily replace. You just got to kind of do it by committee. Uh, and, and really it's, this is like the time where a deaf player needs to, you know, continue stepping up and doing everything they can to kind of take over that role. Yeah, absolutely. And the last little bit of roster moves we have to talk about today with our lightning, uh, is two members called up to the taxi squad. Yeah, Alex Barboulet, one of our expansion protections from the last episode, and Ross Colton will call it up. So, you know, good for them. I don't imagine Ross Colton really gets in. Uh, he, he might, who knows, but Alex Barboulet, I really hope he does too while he's up. Um, I, I'd expect they're, just, they're more there just in case. Who the, who, who knows exactly what's going to happen? But I really want to see Barboulet get, get some time because he's someone who's deserving of it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be very excited to see what he can do in the lineup. And uh, who knows, maybe with uh, Kucherov and Sorelli, depending on his timetable, maybe one of these guys can get a chance sooner rather than later. And uh, we can let you guys know how they do, obviously. I mean, you'll you'll probably be watching it anyways. But uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what happens with those two, see if they uh, can get their chance here. But Chase, game review, game preview. Uh, We talked about how excited we were for Monday's game against the Florida Panthers. It was the deciding factor on who was going to take the first series within the season, uh, a three-game series. They took the first game. We took the second game. Unfortunately, we were not able to come out on top in the third game. 
No, tough six to four loss. Uh, you know, a, a fairly offensive game. Uh, it, it was a pretty, you know, like well played game by both teams. Uh, you had Michelinie in that for the Lightning. So, you know, if you had Vasilevsky in, maybe something's a little, a little different. But re- re- you know, regardless, it is what it is. Um, it, it was a solid game. Um, but really, like out of the series, there's one specific thing, one specific player I really want to talk about, and that's former Tampa Bay Lightning Carter Verhage. You know, last year with the Lightning, he was, a, you know, a role player. Um, couldn't really get into the lineup. Like, he got in the lineup, but couldn't really move up the lineup because it's such a stacked roster. Moves on as an un- unrestricted free agent, goes to Florida, and he's at nearly a point per game thus far through the season. Had two points in this game tonight. You know, he's really found his role there in Florida. Uh, he was someone who had some talent. You could clearly see that. He just couldn't move up. Uh, it sucks that he's having success elsewhere. We'd love him to have that success here. But it, it just, you know, it, it's really astonishing what a change of scenery can do for you. Yeah, absolutely. The Verhage revenge tour. Um, in the first series, it's, it's a success. Unfortunately, it's not the only series that they play against us. We're going to be coming back for revenge uh, when we come up next against the Florida Panthers. Um, uh, you mentioned how Curtis McElhinney was a net, and you think it could have gone a little different if we had Vasilevsky in there. I, I would be shocked if it wasn't different. Um, Curtis McElhinney giving up six goals on uh, only 21 shots. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, and they were all even strength, too. So um, I, I would have liked to see what Vassy could have done. I'm not sure why Vassy didn't play uh, with, you know, there being a two day break in between or, a, or a, you know, a normal break in between the last game and this game. And then uh, I think we have a two day break in between this Florida game and the game against Dallas. So uh, not really sure why. But uh, then we talk about the power play. I mean, we we're just raving about how good the power play was. Uh, power play was pretty shit tonight. We went 0 for 4 on the power play, and uh, that's not what you want to see. No, it was really a game where, like, the little things we needed to do right just didn't happen. Um, you know, it, it was a decent, like, decently played game, but just in terms of defensively, Florida, you know, that they, they didn't get a ton of chances, but they capitalized on them. Uh, McElhaney could be a little sharper in that, could be a little sharper defensively as a team as well, and, you know, part of that is just being more refined offensively too. Four goals is great. This is a team that can score more uh, than that, and in a, in a game like this where you know it seems like your defense and goalie are kind of struggling, you really got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And Chase, our next series is a two-game series against the Dallas Stars Thursday night and Saturday night. The Stars and the Lightning will play. What are we thinking for this series? How are you thinking that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to play against this Dallas Stars team, who right now? In a little bit of a in a bit of a struggle with a five three and four record. Yeah, I think this Dell team is actually going to come out pretty hard. You know, we beat them in the Stanley Cup Finals last season. Everyone remembers that. They remember that, so they're going to want a little bit of revenge. I think it's actually going to be a one one series split. I don't know who wins which game, but Dallas they're they're going to be ready to play. They definitely want want to at least take a win, if not both wins, from this Tampa Bay team. Uh, they're they're definitely still upset, but it it, it should be pretty good hockey regardless. Yeah, for sure. And Dallas, even though they only have five wins through 12 games, uh, they're still sitting at 14 points overall on the season, and they've got a plus six goal differential. So uh, for a team that has a record like theirs, you wouldn't really expect that. Uh, A lot of games coming down to the wire for them, having four overtime losses. Uh, that's tough. I, I agree. They're going to come out hard. However, I'm going to go with Tampa here. I'm going I'm to go with 2-0, uh, understandably. I mean, I'll play the homer this time. And uh, I, I just think that with Stammer, 
and how he's been playing this year off the COVID list, he's going to be able to help the boys get past this Dallas Stars team like he did with his one goal and one game appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, it works for me. I have no problem with that happening. I'll happily be wrong. I'd happily be wrong in Tampa whenever game the rest of the year. Chase, we know you like to be wrong, but uh, that's completely cool. Uh, we'll, we'll now talk about Alexander Volkov, and uh, he's a guy that we took in 2017, second round pick. Um, he's a guy that we've kind of been waiting for him to step up into the lineup full time. Uh, has played some games, hasn't been a full timer yet. Um, what can we expect out of Alexander Volkov? What does his development look like? What does his future look like here in Tampa? Yeah, so he's someone that, you know, we thought last year would have maybe been more of an NHL, or I thought going into the season he probably should have been, like, not necessarily that the team buried him, but he should have been performing a little bit more and making a little more of an effort. Uh, you know, he got the opportunity, he played the playoffs, and he played some solid hockey, but this year's where it's a little different. You know, once he gets into the lineup, he, he's played some, like, great hockey so far and pretty minimal time, you know, usually playing single-digit minutes. hasn't. Re- he's played one game over 12 minutes. He's play- played a 13-minute game, and the rest have been 12 minutes or under. Uh, he's, he's been efficient. Uh, in his last four games, he has four points. He scored two goals against Florida, uh, on Monday night. He, he's someone who's, he's clearly got this skill level. That's the skill set that can translate into a middle six, maybe borderline, even top six type guy. Uh, someone you can use in the power play, someone you can use in really any situation. Uh, he's just a reliable player. He's really showing up more and more. It, it's great to see what he's doing. And, you know, with Sorelli out of the lineup, he's one of these guys that I expect to kind of take that next step. And even when Sorelli comes back, hopefully he can keep rolling. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, and hopefully with how well he's playing this year, hopefully he can keep that pace and really turn into a great third-line scorer for us, maybe even get to that second line uh, and be a second-line scorer for us, help on the power play. Uh, It's just something that we kind of got to wait and see because last year, like Chase mentioned, we expected him to do a little bit more, wasn't able to. He's finally starting to find that consistency now, but can he stay consistent? That's the biggest problem. Uh, so really right now, it's kind of up in the air. Very hopeful. Very exciting to see what he's done over the last couple of games. But uh, we we got to we got to keep an eye on him right now. I don't think it's I don't think it's time to say that, you know, he's he's there. He's finally found his footing. You know, it's it's a uh, it's it's a process with hockey. Yeah, it's a work of progress, and, you know, he's someone who's shown like he's going to get there. I have a lot of faith that he's going to get there, and, you know, I, I know a lot of people who watch the Tampa Bay Lightning who are, you know, prospect guys and have been watching Volkov, they, they you know, share the same sentiments. He's someone who can get there and should get there pretty soon. Absolutely. All right, Chase. Well, we'll keep an eye on Alexander Volkov for the future, but we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And after the break, we're going to be talking about some general NHL news. We got a couple trades to talk about. Going to be talking about the outdoor games at Lake Tahoe. And then going to be talking about a recent record for the world's longest hockey game. That's pretty crazy. Right after this. Uh, you know what? I, I'm just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me, because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac- macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for Katie. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If 
you ask, open some no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great one. All right, we're back. Chase, we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting stuff here, uh, general NHL knowledge. But first, we'll start with some trades to talk about. And this is involving Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, boy, what a what a promising young player. He had a couple good seasons with Montreal, but as of late, he's just been swapping teams. It, it feels like almost every month. Yeah, dude, he's a former high high pick, you know, third overall pick, one one hell of a player. Um, but he just keeps moving around from team to team. He's struggled, you know, become like a true, just legitimate, established NHLer. So Alex Yelchenyuk gets traded twice in you know as many days. Just adding to his list of teams that he's played for. First, Carolina trades Ryan Dezingle to Ottawa for Alexander Galchenyuk and Cedric Paquette, former Tampa Bay Lightning member right there, Cedric Paquette. And then Galchenyuk gets put on waivers, doesn't get claimed, and then he's traded uh, You know, the following day after getting placed on waivers to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Igor Korshkov and David Warsawski. Two you know, minor leaguers. Korshkov is a borderline NHL-type guy. He could be up or down. Uh, he's got some future NHL prospects too, but Warsawski really isn't that guy. Uh, Galchi, he just keeps moving around team to team. He's become the new Mike Sillinger. Uh, maybe he can tie Mike Sillinger's record of the amount of teams played for in a career. Uh, it'd be, I mean, it'd be cool to see, but it would, it's not as cool for the guy, I'm sure. He wants to have some stability. He wants to be somewhere where he's wanted and used. So getting moved around all this time, you know, this many times, I'm sure it's frustrating, but maybe Toronto gives him that opportunity finally. Yeah, and Chase, the one thing that I saw with you know, people were wondering why didn't Toronto just claim him on waivers rather than you know trading for him after he clears waivers. Uh, from what I saw, it sounds like he can now be moved up and down through the taxi squad without having to be touched on waivers because he was traded for rather than picked up through waivers. Uh, is that really worth it? It didn't really seem like anyone else was interested in him when it came to waivers. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? So, really, it is like. Especially in this year, and I mean, you've seen it before too. Guys will go on waivers like, "Oh, that's an easy claim," and then they don't get claimed for some reason. Usually, that reason is if you claim a guy, he's got to stay on your NHL roster for thirty days. Uh, sometimes the guy you're claiming isn't quite that player, and if you're wasting a roster spot, then you know it's kind of a shame. If they're not going to be someone who's in your normal lineup, it's also you know kind of a shame, kind of a waste. So in this case, where 
you know, the, the roster space matters. The salary cap really matters because of COVID and tax squad, how it's all working. Having the flexibility for him to go up and down in the taxi squad, no problem. You know, like he, he makes decent money. So on non-game days, he goes on the taxi squad, saves Toronto some money. They really need to do that too. It, it ends up becoming like a, just a big win for the team. He's someone who's an obviously like he's an NHL level player. I, I think every team would have him on their team, um, but not a lot of teams were willing to give up a lot. And, you know, it, it's not as easy just claiming a guy because sometimes you need the contract space, you need the roster space. Uh, you know, Toronto trading two guys away to get one back. They could have just claimed a waiver shows that they're trying to clear an extra roster space anyway. So there's a whole lot that goes into it. Um, it's not that surprising, but same, like it, I understand how it can seem a little funky to some people, but it's just kind of how the nature of the business works. For sure. So, Chase, and I wanted to talk about the 2012 NHL draft. Uh, I, I know this this isn't on the, on the dock, but I, mean, I think we got to talk about it. Alex Galchenyuk, he looked like one of the more promising players that came out of this draft. Uh, not happening anymore. Uh, is the 2012 draft possibly the worst draft in NHL history, at least by the first round? Uh, let me go over a couple names here. Nail Yakupov goes first overall. We know how that's worked. Uh, Columbus, second overall, takes Ryan Murray. Ryan Murray, I think, is like a, a solid... I don't know, top four, top five defensemen. I think he's with New Jersey right now. Then Alex Galchenyuk, constant movement. Griffin Reinhardt hasn't panned out. Morgan Riley, good player for sure. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, Matt Dumba, good players. But then you got Derek Pouliot, not great. Slater Kukuk, Mikhail Grigorenko, Radek Foxa, Zemgis Gergensens, Cody Cece. Uh, there's a lot of players here that have not worked out. And I would say the easy best choice in the first round in 2012, Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's for sure been the best. That's pretty obvious. Um, <clears throat> I don't have the exact list in front of me, but there's only nine players left from that 2012 draft from the first round that are still in their original teams, which is a really low number for only being eight, nine seasons ago. Um, you know, it, a lot, a lot of guys, especially nowadays, they're, they're staying with teams longer. Uh, guys are, the teams are developing them. They're staying, taking more team friendly deals, but having that like few guys, you know, uh, 30 picks, only nine of them are still with their teams. That's incredibly low. It's just telling of how bad the draft class was. A lot of guys aren't even in the NHL anymore. You know, you, you mentioned a few names there. It just, it all adds up to looking like probably the ugliest draft class we've ever seen. Yeah. And I didn't even mention the, I don't know, last 10 or so picks, because it got even worse. And honestly, uh, when you look at the last 10 picks in the draft, you expect them to be NHLers for you, but you don't expect the world out of them. So, you know, not as not as shameful as the first couple of picks. But I mean, just a couple of these last names, uh, Ole Mata, Mike Matheson, Malcolm Subban, Jordan Schmaltz, Brennan Gaunt, Henrik Samuelson, Stefan Matteau. Uh, a lot of guys there that are still hovering around the NHL, but really haven't made an impact at all. Yeah, it, it's just, it's crazy to see how that works out. Uh, this 2012 draft at the time was pretty highly regarded. Now, Yakupov was looking like he was going to be an NHL superstar when that didn't pan out. You know, it just kept piling on one after another, after another, after another. Yeah, and it was just, I was so excited coming up to this draft because Yakupov and Galchenyuk playing together in Sarnia, uh, it, I was so excited for those two, and unfortunately, their careers haven't panned out like they did back in NHL 13 when I was 
what, 15, 16 yeah. playing GM modes or whatever. But uh, yeah, so uh, unfortunate there. But I just wanted to bring up the 2012 draft because it's just continues to get worse and it's unfortunate but chase will now look at the lake tahoe games they're being played this weekend we got one on saturday one on sunday three o'clock for both of them the one on saturday between vegas and colorado the one on sunday boston and philly you looking forward to them yeah it should be a pretty cool experience uh like why not you know it's it's not something that we've ever seen really before in the nhl we you know we've seen outdoor games but this should be flat out played on a lake i don't know what the attendance is going to be like i hope it's just no fans you know it's cool as it would be for fans to go there uh just kind of having a no fan experience would be even better to seem a little more like a pond hockey game with uh, a little bit higher stakes uh it's just it's such a cool you, you know unique thing it's one thing that the nhl is doing right um i i look very forward to watching it yeah, I'm excited, and I hope that there's some real fun to be had because, I don't know, being out on a lake and stuff, it's going to be uh, just like how they were growing up, you know? Winters in the north, whether that be Canada or up by us, you know, Michigan, Minnesota area, um, that that was something we always did as kids. So it's going to be fun. I, I hope there's a lot of excitement by the players themselves and I'm very interested to see how the production in total is put on. So uh, definitely games to watch out for. If you're not doing anything on Saturday and Sunday around three o'clock, make sure to put it on because I I think that attendance is really important for outdoor games because it shows that we love them and we want them to stay. Uh, The winter classic, I mean, one of the best freaking hockey games every season, but yeah, Make sure, to, make sure to tune in if you uh, are interested. But Chase, we'll now talk about the world record for the world longest hockey game as that has been broken. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty like cool situation thing that kind of happened. So this happened in uh, up in Canada, of course, where else? It was the world's longest hockey game uh, being they're raising money for cancer research. If I'm not mistaken, if, if, regardless, it was um, money for money for a hospital. Uh, the two teams, Team Hope and Team Cure, they played 252 hours nonstop. Uh, you know, there's, there of course, line changes and stuff and people rotating through. But the final score, Team Hope won 2,649 to 2,528. And the most important thing out of this all is $1.85 million ended up being raised because of this event. Uh, you know, just a great story, really cool, unique thing. Um, it, it w- there was a live stream that was going on the whole time, too. So if anyone checked it out, you know, it was just... It was just a bunch of people just really having fun playing pond hockey and raising a ton of money. It was just a great cause. Yeah, and I think uh, our Tampa Bay Lightning should get some tips on how they scored that many goals. Jeez, over 2,000 <laughs> goals. That's awesome. Uh, and for a great cause, too. I mean, come on. $1.85 million. Uh, that's, that's absolutely phenomenal. And in a world where we're in a pandemic and there's still, you know, not a cure for terrible diseases like cancer uh it's it's awesome to see people coming together and really trying to raise money raise awareness for certain causes so uh a a great situation and a great cause and uh i i'm sure that the uh i don't know if it's going in guinness guinness world records book or whatever it is um i'm sure they'd be very proud to put it in there though because of the cause oh yeah for sure all right, Chase, we'll move on to hockey name of the day here. Um, we're just going to hop right into it. I got, uh, I don't know if that's capital I 
or if that's an L. I'm guessing it's a capital I. So I'm gonna go Ika. Uh, Kangas Niami. Ika Kangas Niami is you know pretty close, Michael. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give it to you. Why not? Because you could. I could see how you can pronounce it, Kangas. It's more Kangas because it's how the years pronounce it. But Ika Kangas Niami, he is a Finnish born forward. A small dude at 5'7", 154, 25 years old. He's been a pretty good player over in Euro. Uh, you know, he's he's had some great seasons in Finland this year. He's got 25 points through 31 games. He had a short-lived NHL contract. I think it was with I think it was with Florida, if I'm not mistaken, or he had a tryout or something, um, but never turned into anything. But he, he's someone who, you know he has probably borderline NHL ability. If he was a little bit bigger, I think we'd probably see him on an NHL contract. But, you know, being that size, it's always a little tough. But, you know, we, we I really think we could see him in the NHL one day. He's clearly got the ability. You know, Chase, the only reason I said Kangas, um, I am a child of Pokemon, you know, uh, big Pokemon kid. And uh, there is a Pokemon out there, Kangas Khan. So... You know, that's that's how I came up with Kangas Niami. So, ah. uh, yeah, yeah, this guy, you know, re- reminded me of my childhood, reminded me of some Pokemon. I'm sure, you know, if other people that uh, enjoyed Pokemon when they were younger, they'd probably say the same thing. So give me a break on that. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for the show, guys. want to thank you for coming out. Um, and Chase will let you know uh, stuff. Yeah, he'll let you know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to support us on Patreon, you know, we'd really appreciate it. You don't have to do it. It's just another way to show that you're listening to what we do, that you like what we do. Uh, there's some exclusive content, so make sure to check it out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And while you're at it, follow WNP on Twitter, at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. You know, if you follow us at Bolts Broadcast, you're going to see when we post new shows. You're going to see, you know, cute little pictures, infographics, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you're going to see other retweets of important news. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network. You're going to find the retweets of other podcasts on the network. You're going to find giveaways and find any other exciting news with the network. And if you follow us at WNP, you're going to see whenever we post new episodes, whether it be football, hockey, croquet, basketball, you know, nothing's really too off limits on this show, even though we have two main focuses in football and hockey. But, you know, make sure to follow all three of those. Maybe turn on tweet notifications because why not, right? Make sure to check out HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. Tweet at us, DM us. But just do not forget to use code THPN at DraftKings. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time.